It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hello, everybody. It is a beautiful, uh, what is it, Monday? Unfortunately, that's the only downside of the week. It's Monday, means that there is another Eagles practice. We'll get two this week. So we'll be back here again on uh, Wednesday. And then that re- leads us right into minicamp, which uh, I don't know. Elliot, I would say today was was more a, a lighter affair. A lot of individual drills, not a lot of team practice, but still uh, plenty to get into. Elliot, I hope you're driving safe. Well, today I am driving safe, and today was a beautiful day because you were there with me. Aww. I wasn't riding solo. <laughs> so I was able to hear your trash Sydney takes to uh, Sydney Jones takes right live as they were happening. All right, just to just to just to yeah get to it early. Uh, there was uh, a Sydney Jones was on Zach Ertz during eleven on elevens during. Like the red zone drill and uh, covered beautifully, by the way. Forced an well, overthrow. Well, the pass was way overthrown, but I will agree. He, the coverage was good on it. I'll agree with you. He was, he was good again today. Um, I got to say, well, there's more important stuff. Clearly, Deshaun and and Carson um, uh, keep exciting me, and they should excite you too. And I know in your OTA reviews, we can go check out the rest of Elliot's notes at 94wip.com slash go birds for any of that. Um, yo, Osman's fucking yoked. I didn't realize like <laughs> ten pounds meant it looks like twenty five. Like his arms are are pretty jacked, and he is a lot quicker than he was at OTAs last year. And again, mm-hmm. sure, well, I, I don't I don't think we have to keep explaining what OTAs mean and don't mean. So take that for all what it's worth. But I uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. And then the other thing that I was thinking of because uh, Barnett wasn't out there, and Alshon Jeffrey wasn't there either. And I got a little note on that too. Um, all right. It's just seeing Vinnie Curry, Jernigan, Jackson, and Brandon Graham is one of the best defensive lines just without Fletcher Cox and the rest of the stuff on its own. 
Like, I don't think people understand that. Like, that's it's a, a good one. It's a I really don't know if I'd say one of the best. I, I would. I would say it's one of the best defensive lines just just based on that alone. Uh, so, I think it's. I well, think. Let me let me push back on that for all a right. second. So, I agree. It has a lot of potential, and I agree it's not a bad defensive line. Just those four, not taking into account backups and everything, right? But Vinny Curry didn't have a great year last year. Malik Jackson got benched because he was bad against the run. Timmy Jernigan played how many snaps last year? Like, because he was 40. dead. <laughs> now he's alive. Uh, yeah, well, right. You know. yeah, well, hopefully he's alive, right? And then uh, Brandon Graham is obviously one of the better defensive ends in the league. So I think it's a good defensive line, but I would just disagree. I didn't say one of the, the best. best. I didn't say the best. I said one of the best, just bare bones. Then you put in Fletch. Uh, and next to that, uh, the the two things because I was really paying attention to the defense because I really wanted to see what was going on uh-huh. with the rotations and stuff. But even with Malik Jackson, I I can't stress enough how I how I think we are underrating how good this guy can be here. Uh, you know, I understand the down year, but I, I look at you know Fletch's size, and then I look at how tall Malik Jackson is, and if Fletch is breaking that pocket, even if he can't get there, his arms are so big. That it's yeah. gonna force bad throws a lot. So I, I, I'm just telling you, this defensive line is fucking ridiculous. Like once it's all I, said and done and healthy, and the rotations in there, I, I am really, really excited. Now there's some defensive ends that gotta be. I'm not saying Vinny Curry's all world. I'm just saying even if it was it, with the rest of the talent that's here, man. I mean, I, I. As uh, we should be just as excited as Carson Wentz to Deshaun as as this rotation is all I'm trying to nah, say. Well, okay, well now you've now you've just gone to take it too far. I mean, look, like, <laughs> I I disagree with you pretty at, pretty pretty strongly about the defensive line thing. Like, yes, they have potential. There's potential, but there are more question marks than sure things along this whole defensive line. And one thing you you mentioned, we don't talk about Malik Jackson enough. I would agree. I think as a pass rusher. It's not brought up enough how much he is going to help because you, you want to put Brandon Graham on the inside and he can just be an elite pass rush from the inside. But the other thing that definitely doesn't get talked about enough is that Fletcher Cox is going to miss this whole offseason basically with a foot injury. And we just saw last year how much that impacted Brandon Graham yes. with a foot injury. When you're a big guy like that and you can't really do your normal workout for a whole offseason, and I'm sure they have ways to do cardio. And look, Fletcher Cox is one of the hardest workers on the team. So I'm not saying him or Brandon Graham weren't, hard, weren't working hard. I'm just saying when you're a guy that big and your foot's broken and you have to get back in shape, it's hard. So I think Fletcher Cox, although probably going to have a very good year, I think there's reason to be skeptical. But where I really disagree with you is there is way more reason to be excited for Eagles fans with Carson and Deshaun than there is this defensive line because they have looked very, very good. And there's really, other than the potentially potential of either of them getting hurt, not many questions or, or unsure things there that there is with the defensive line. Well, and to be fair, that's one person versus, you know, I don't know, six or seven. Well, so, yeah. so yeah, and if either one of those get, gets hurt between Carson or Deshaun, and I'm knocking on all the wood that I can find right now, uh, then, yeah, then it's not as exciting for anybody. I I understand all that. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there that if they reach their potential, uh, uh, wow, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. But I will say, it has continued on. Elliot is dead on here. I mean, this is day in and day out. Every time that you've, and I say that like we've been there every single day, uh, but right. for, for three practices, I mean, it is crazy the amount of work that they have put into 
that. And I credit Deshaun for being at OTAs. I'm like Alshon Jeffrey right now. Uh, and ultimately, I don't really care. But uh, that is needed. And uh, outside of like one really bad underthrown deep ball uh, from Wentz to uh, Deshaun today, it's just they're all over the place. And it doesn't matter who Deshaun is on. It, it, it's... It's it can be anybody like the that crossing route, the infamous Deshaun crossing route. That's like, you know, 10 yards deep in the middle of the field. He is still as fast as ever. And like mm-hmm. checking all the different boxes to be like, there's nothing here that is showing that there's going to be a decline in his game at all. And the first look is always to him every every single time. Seven on seven, 11 on 11. The first look is to him. And you're going, oh my god! Like the, the the explosiveness, and it reminds me since we've been, you know, kind of batting around Chip Kelly's ghost in the air for the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, it just it reminds me of those big explosive plays. Not that we haven't seen them here since Doug's been here. They they've been all over the place, especially in the playoffs when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, but that's a, I think it's at a at a different level, and just you know, again, all potential, all that stuff, but. Uh, I think that is a – we might be underrating that too, you know, and like, well, even, even though that, we know. Look, there's, there's an argument to be made that Deshaun Jackson is the most talented receiver Carson's ever played with. Like, I, I get that Deshaun is viewed as a one-trick pony, and with good reason, right? I mean, the guy disappears at times because all he can be is a one-trick pony at certain points. But at the end of the day, Deshaun doesn't get over 10,000 yards receiving the NFL if he wasn't a very good route runner, which is something Nelson's pointed out. He has pretty, you know, like, I would say underrated hands. I mean, he's made a few pretty tough catches training uh, not training camp, but OTAs. Uh, he's great along the sidelines. Um, so, look, he's a huge upgrade. And I think, to your point, what really just matters is, although it feels like 95% of the passes that are thrown towards him are completed, but yep. even though the one, even ones that aren't, just the fact that Carson is going to get probably, I don't know, in the practices we've seen, if you add them up, like, 50 to 60 targets of Deshaun, and that's even including the you know, other 60% of the practice we can't even watch. The fact that he's going to get so many targets to Deshaun this summer, so many hours logged in working with him, it's just, it's huge. Um, it's, it, you know, and on that same token, it's why other receivers should be here. Aguilar wasn't here today. Uh, Alshon has not been here at all, I don't believe. Um, and it's, the benefit is that, Deshaun, that Carson can focus on Deshaun. But the downside is, you're not getting the same reps with, with all the receivers. You are with Aguilar. He's been there a lot, but Alshon hasn't been. Yeah, and and look, like, can it – I don't know how to feel about that because I'm, I'm always the guy that doesn't care if somebody's not there for OTA. Um, but, you know, with Deshaun, it really makes sense because you want to get the timing down. And speaking of that, I mean, you can – tell that they're working on hand signals and certain things of what they see. Yep. And like Deshaun was making sure that Carson clearly saw, Hey man, I can clear that. So fake that next time. And I'm gone. Uh, you know, all of that. I think that's so, that is very important. If it's a first time working together. Absolutely. Um, so that's why I, why I say like, I, I can't be too mad at Alshon Jeffrey. I don't know. I, I'm with you. I, it, for some reason, like, Fletcher, you can understand because he's coming off of injury. Even if Fletcher wasn't there, I didn't have a problem with him being there. For some reason, Alshon not being there bothers me, and I can't I can't put my finger on it. More or less, maybe it's just because I want tons of chemistry between all the different wide receivers and Carson, and let's just go everywhere 
that he possibly can and feel comfortable doing so and just make sure everybody's on the same pitch. They have a whole training camp to do that, so I'm not necessarily like freaking out or anything, but I don't know. It just bothers me, and I can't figure it out. I really can't. So yeah. uh, I think that the other thing that has been uh, kind of uh, caught at least everybody's ear, and I don't know if I heard this wrong, but was was Doug Peterson during his press conference today just answering a question on who would replace Darren Sproles in that role if it is even on the roster yet, and he answered Boston Scott, right? He didn't say Boston Scott's going to be the guy that ends up uh, you know, replacing uh, Darren Sproles, or at least that's what we have the plan for him, right? I think it was just Doug saying, look, as of right now in OTAs, Boston Scott might be the best person we have to fill that role. Um, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think that if they played a game today, you would see Boston Scott get 20 snaps on offense. I think you would still see – Jordan Howard a lot. You'd still see, well, Miles Sanders if he was healthy. And, uh, you know, Wendell Smallwood, Corey Clement, those type of guys over Boston Scott. Um, they like Boston Scott. I personally just don't really see it. Um, I, I think Corey Clement is better than him. I think you can make the argument Wendell Smallwood's better than him. You, you certainly hope Miles Sanders is better. Then, obviously, Jordan Howard is what he is at this point. In the passing game, I, well, I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But uh, I would be very surprised if Bob's Boston Scott ended up having a big role on this offense. But if he does, he's going to have to earn it. It's not one that the Eagles are just going to hand to him. Yeah, uh, and I don't know. I do think it's interesting, though, that there is a possibility that – I mean, there's no way that Corey Clement doesn't make this team, right? No. I I mean, I, I don't think he's a complete and utter lock, but I would say he's 95%. I just – I mean, would you agree? I mean, I, I, I could be convinced the other way. I just – like who's taking his roster spot? It's uh, not going to be Josh Adams. It's, it's not no. going to be. It's not going to be Boston Scott, in my opinion. See, I don't know. Like, there's, there's yet to be like, hey, you're the punt returner. So I, I don't know if that plays into it. Like, if Boston Scott is going to return punts and be part of the kickoff return, he's got to fit somewhere. And maybe that's just RB four and Wendell Smallwood's gone, which I'm sure everybody's going to be like, oh yeah, sure, fine, whatever. But. Uh, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. And again, we're we're down to fighting about running back number four. <laughs> you know, it just yeah, kind of I mean, tells you how deep this roster is yet again. I think Wendell Small has a better chance of making this roster than Boston Scott. I'll say that. Yeah, there you go. Fly sixty four, still in the hunt, baby. <laughs> it's never going to die. Like their their bond is connected, uh, kind of forever. Yeah, but tell us about that uh, that passing game that you were you were alluding to there. What did you see out of the offense today? Well, I mean, Carson looks phenomenal, as he has in, the, in now the two practices I've seen. Uh, I mean, he just, he's, he's healthy. Doug said before practice he's feeling really strong, both in his arm and his lower body, which is obviously huge. You can see the extra step on his passes. He just looks more comfortable out there. I mean, the one thing he's doing a really good job of in the practices so far is he, I don't think he's taken off and run a single time. And I know it's OTA, so, you know, it's not a live pass rush, but... He's sitting back there. He's making his reads. Um, he's just he's been lights out. He just really has been. Uh, and obviously we've talked about Deshaun, but outside of that, uh, I think Jordan Howard looks comfortable catching the ball. Yeah. And I talked to him in the locker room after practice today. Have you noticed any main differences between how you're used in Chicago versus here in terms of the passing game? Because it seems like you're getting quite a bit of targets. Yeah, I feel like I'm, uh, they allow me to do more, uh, being able to show my game off more um, instead of just being one-dimensional like Chicago had me. In How exciting is that for you? I'm definitely excited because I uh, put in work, uh, so I want to show that off. But um, Chicago wasn't able because they uh, had a view of me.
So Jordan Howard just basically felt that the Chicago Bears made him a one-dimensional player. It wasn't who he is. It's not that he can't catch the ball. It's what the Bears made him do. And honestly, he didn't seem overly impressed with uh, the offense either uh, in Chicago, which I think as everyone saw in that playoff game, he probably has good reason for that. I don't think it's a very good and creative offense. I think Doug's a far better head coach than Matt mm-hmm. Nagy. So I, I do think when you when you look at Jordan Howard, I mean, these aren't really hard catches, but they're catches that he's going to make in this offense, which are, you know, short screen passes where he's in space and just those type of things. With how good of a pass blocker he is, I really think if you can just add the if you can add the dimension of being a pass catcher, he'll be on the field quite a bit. Yeah, I think so too, and it's a little bit surprising to me, and that actually kind of just you know packs it down a little bit more for me in terms of like Miles Sanders and his his role early because if he if he's a decent pass catcher I mean he's obviously a great pass blocker so you know I mean he's not coming off on third downs it means one two and three are still kind of his and yeah the Eagles always kind of rotate him in to 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 get you know uh to break up the snaps and the percentages probably won't be like 70 percent of the snaps are going to Jordan Howard but uh, you know, I could see a possibility where it's where it climbs to fifty five or sixty, sixty five, depending on the matchup and who you're going, and if it's if the run game's really working. Like I would honestly not be surprised if there is a if the the balance that everybody craves in the the old school way of like, hey, you're running and throwing the ball more. In the reality, this offense again just has so many different ways to try and beat you can beat you deep it can beat you intermediate it can beat you in the run game can beat you in the screen game can beat you in the middle can beat you on the outside all all of those different elements because uh well we've seen it already and we're just tinkering and adding on to uh that or at least that's what doug peterson is is doing here along with howie roseman and the rest here um but yeah i i i'm starting to come around on on jordan howard a little bit and how he's going to fit with this offense and it would be hilarious if, you know, the quote-unquote things that were holding him back is Matt Nagy, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that decline in, in yards and all of that, and you just get here, and he's like, oh, my God, yeah, I'll just break off 1,800 yards this year, uh, and now you can pay me, and I'll be here for a while and whatever. I think that would be, uh, again, an even better an even better trade from Howie Roseman to go get somebody for nothing, and then he's like your long-term running back uh, for the foreseeable future, although it would kind of – Make your head scratch why they drafted Miles Sanders in the second round. But. Well, and so that's what I was about to say. I mean, <laughs> if Jordan Howard ends up being as good as he's looked and, you know, people think he can be, the Miles Sanders still have a role. But it is, I think, important that Miles Sanders is missing with TA practices, right? Yeah, now. definitely. Like we, can, we can debate if Fletcher should, I mean, Fletcher's hurt, but we can debate, you know, if Malcolm should be here and those type of things. Lane Johnson, Alshon, those guys. But for a rookie getting used to the NFL, I think it's a big deal that he's sidelined with an injury. Um, and one that's now had him sidelined quite a bit. I know yeah. Schefter tweeted last week it wasn't that serious, but now another week missed, basically. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm guessing he'll probably be out there for, for the mandatory minicamp next week, but if he's not. I mean, being sidelined for almost the whole offseason is obviously far from ideal for your rookie year. Certainly is. And speaking of that, uh, James Franklin was there today. And uh, God, did I want to very overrated James Franklin boo the shit out of him? I just wanted to. He was right there, six feet away from me, maybe even less. I don't know what. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of Penn State dudes here, and they were definitely trying to look for ideas. And why wouldn't you? Uh, man. Well, at one point, I saw James Franklin and Mike Rowe talking, and I was just thinking that like Eagles fans back in Week Four would probably be like, <laughs> "Wow, that's just." 
two really bad offensive minds right there, just going back and forth with ideas that won't work. But Bros turned around. James Franklin, not so much. Yes, yeah, yeah. So you know, I'd be trying to trying to steal every idea I could from this offense. So I'm glad he was down here to, you know, I don't know, try and figure out how to how to beat an actual Big Ten team. Uh, I. Uh, uh, I also thought that, you know, kind of funny, and this is, I think this is just, he's a pro, he's been doing this for a long time, uh, Charles Johnson had a great day today, I mean, he was yeah, kind he of, the, he was kind of the star of today's practice, um, and uh, yeah, I I mean, I, I think that's, he's, there's no way he makes this team though, right? Well, let's look at the receivers, so Alshon Aguilar and Deshaun are all locked, JJ is a lock, that's four. Um, I would say at this point, look, Matt Collins is a huge question mark. He's still not practicing. We saw him today at least. Uh, Doug said he's still rehabbing and they're encouraged by his progress and all that. But Doug's just going to say that, right? Doug's yeah. not going to say they're discouraged by his progress. Um, he hasn't played in over I mean, not over a year, but close to a year. He missed you know, a decent portion of training camp that he missed all last year. So I don't know where I'd say his roster spot stands right now. Then, then after that, it's, it's, there's there's spots available because Shelton Gibson, I still like him, but they they don't seem to be super in love with him. Yeah. Uh, he's good on special teams. Braxton Miller, Greg Ward Jr. I mean, they, they, these are all guys you can beat for a job if you're uh, Charles Johnson. And he had two really good catches today, so he's doing everything he can at least. But how many would you say are locked among the receivers? Uh, no, that same list. I don't I don't disagree. Like yeah. that's just that's. That's just kind of it, and uh, I, you know, I can't believe he doesn't look like he's thirty. For take it, take that for what it's worth, too. I mean, he looks. No, you could tell me he's an undrafted rookie, and not believe it. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would have believed it uh, kind of almost instantly there. And the other guy that stood out to me today is actually Josh Hawkins has had a, a pretty good OTA so far too. And I know that like that New Orleans game is going to be stuck in everybody's head. Um, you know, and, and again, not expecting much, but it, when we talk about corner depth and all that. Uh, he's. I, I'd, I'd like to see that try and carry over into into training camp and see and just make it even harder for a, a DB discussion and I don't know Nate Brown awards and Henry Josie awards and and uh, all the rest in there. I think he's he's going to be one of them at least on the defensive side there. So uh, anything else that uh, we forgot here, Elliot? I'm trying to trying to think if there's any other notes that you have. Mm, let's think. We talked about the defensive line. Uh, nothing. I mean, Zach Brown practiced today, which was good to see from the linebacker. Uh, oh, Edwards oh, Zach, a, Zach really Brown. Nice Z- Zach Brown, by the way, a fantastic trash talker. Just wanted to point that out. Okay. There. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you, you could hear it. Caught caught more than a few. <laughs> he's, okay. He's really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Washington Week One. I'm sure I'll have a lot yes. to say. But yes. uh, um, TJ Edwards had a really nice play. The undrafted linebacker out of Wisconsin. Um, my, my take, the more I watch the secondary, and they are potentially loaded there because they don't even have Jalen and Darby out there. But I wouldn't trade any of the top six guys. Uh-uh. Barring, barring getting, you know, obviously an offer you can't refuse, they, they're going to end up needing all six of those guys this year. I'm not sure how or why or, or what, but somebody will get hurt, somebody will miss time, somebody won't play as well. And when you look at the Eagles offseason, a real kind of uh, thing they've stuck to is, is – uh, a constant theme has been depth. They really want to make sure they're deep places, and I think the cornerback fiasco they went through last year is the main reason why. So I'd keep Rasul, I'd keep uh, Cravon, I would keep Sidney Jones and all those guys. I wouldn't trade them away. I would 
rather just roll with, I'd rather roll with the six guys on the Eagles. Yeah, no, I feel I feel the same way. And there's because even we talked about it. There's a chance at this depth. Just like we thought last year was, and there was talks about like, oh, well, you're just going to trade Ronald Darby because Cindy Jones is going to be there and like, you don't really necessarily need him. And, you know, there's mm. that big swell. And then all of a sudden uh, everybody was lost. So that same thing could happen again. Like this is, I think Howie is making it a point to hold on to all these guys for specifically for that reason, sort it out after that. Someone's going to rise from the top. Maybe there's a deal that's too good to pass up that comes along, certainly. But, uh, right. yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't move any of these guys either. Uh, all right, let's head to the, uh, the mail take bag as you guys are fantastic with the takes. You're fantastic with the questions. Love to hear from you at the GoBirdsPod on the Twitter.com if you're following us there. Uh, ah, Gary, the Scottish Eagle at uh, Gary G7 Speculation. Based off of Jim Schwartz's comments uh, today, I don't think it was Schwartz who said it, uh, but at what position do you think we are looking to add on defense? Thinking you'll say defensive end is clowny a realistic option. I think we've talked about this a couple of times. Is it realistic? Uh, kind of, but uh, uh, ultimately, I mean, according to you, the defensive line's already so loaded. Why would they have to go out and get? Well, them? it is. I think. I think between you know what you have there already, um, I I don't think it's necess- absolutely necessary. Not that I wouldn't turn it down for for something, but like the cost of it to get Clowney here, I I, I don't even know. I I I have no idea what the Texans would want. Would in- you trade a first? Yeah. I w- absolutely. That's a, that's an opener. Would you do a first and a first and Aguilar? Uh, nope, nope. I don't think so. Nope. No, I, I want as many weapons around Carson as possible. Here's a here's a good hypothetical, which is obviously not going to happen. I also don't think they're going to trade for Clowney, so they're all hypothetical. But mm-hmm. would you do uh, Andre Dillard for Clowney straight up? No way. Not a chance. <laughs> no way. No. All right. Uh, okay. Okay, I mean it's not that crazy. Dillard's never played in the NFL, and Clowney's one of the elite pass rushers. And how Clowney's not that old yet, right? He's still pretty young. Oh yeah, it's just the injury history. He might as well be, you know. It feels like True. he's thirty, but you know, it's it's he's not even close to that. I think he's twenty six, seven, eight, somewhere around yeah. there. Um, and I, I like Dillard, but getting getting Clowney without giving up a first round pick is still would be pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I guess I could see that, and I it's kind of interesting that we've literally had. Really, no questions about his progress or anything. It's kind of what happens when it's offensive lineman and you draft yeah, him I mean, in the like, first he's round. Easy to forget he's even out there. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, oh, speaking of that, I, I did forget one note. Jordan Mailata, who jumped off sides three times today, I think by yep. by my count, and that is not great. So benched him once for it. Yeah, they, I don't know if he hit him multiple times. But. Pulled him, uh, pulled him once for prior. So you know, got to work on those those peanut knowledges. It's just. Sometimes we get an idea in our head and we're like, okay, the you know, future left tackle because it's all there. But, you know, you keep forgetting, like, how do you – you've never played football ever. Not like right. a little bit, never played football. I, I kind of <laughs> – I had that uh, – I had the stupidest analogy in my head. I was just like, oh, this is like playing with a bunch of pro gamers and for the first time and me walking in there and being like, ah, I'm pretty good at Madden. And then the next thing you know – you know, you absolutely just get uh, torched and crushed. Uh, Almost the same exact thing, only with real football. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, from uh, at three point attempted, uh, <laughs> uh, who will be the Eagles' Nick Pavetta? A young player said to be an important uh, rope or player with promise, but doesn't show up this year. Um, Carson? No. <laughs> uh, I'm actually gonna. I don't know. Man, that's a good question. 
who is the Nick Pavetta of the Eagles. That means that they've been around for a couple of years. Honestly, probably if I had to pick one guy right now, probably Derek Barnett, right? Oh, that's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine was going to be, although I don't believe it, but it, he would, wouldn't surprise me, would be Craven LeBlanc. I know he hasn't been here a long time, but kind of like everyone's, you know, super, super excited for that's him. That's a good one, too. Not a huge sample size. So that that would be, but Derek Barnett is expected. Well, put me down for actually like Craven LeBlanc not being good this year, actually. Cause no, I've, I disagree. I've, I've, I disagree. I've thought of that since basically the season stopped you know i've just said like you're never gonna see that again like that's a kind of a once in a lifetime play out of your mind and now you're on the roster type of deal so i don't know we'll we'll see uh from it'll be real, real quick real quick on cravon yeah. it'll be interesting to see and not to get into a joe douglas talk but if joe douglas does take the jet shop like what players he tries to poach from the eagles right like you would think that it would make going like through waivers, potentially more dangerous for Eagles players because you know who Joe Joe doesn't doesn't like. Like a guy like Cravon, maybe Joe tries to trade for him. So if Joe does take the Jets job, we we should do some type of list of guys that could end up following him there. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Uh, is Donnell Pumphrey one of those guys? Huh. Uh, <laughs> well. As I tweeted, I will go to the grave believing that Donnell Pumphrey is good at football. So. He might, but I guess we'll all know who to blame if he does. Yeah, one thing we did agree on today is, the, uh, and I mean this in the Nelson Aguilar looks different in year three type of thing. Donnell Pumphrey looks different. He's smoother. I wouldn't say he's necessarily faster, but like you can tell the, the pounds have finally kept a little bit. Like I would say three, four, five pounds noticeable, especially in his legs. <laughs> Uh, he does look different. So if you're still holding on to that like Elliot is, um, God bless you, and I hope you're right. But uh, it is it is interesting how they just kind of have him out there on punt returns, and that's how he's going to have to make this team, and we're throwing another running back into RB4 mix territory. I'm just saying, if Wendell Smallwood holds off all of this again, um, I don't know, check him for... Well, uh, not kryptonite. What's the opposite of kryptonite? Check him for the, or maybe he's the kryptonite to every other RB4. There I don't go. know. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Matt Gumbrecht again. Oh, Matt Gumbrecht, by the way, had a fantastic take that we didn't get to last time. And it's one that me and Elliot agree on is that hot sauce really is just for show. And it's, and it's a bullshit thing that people like, you know, put on food all the time. And for me personally, if you have to have hot sauce on your food all the time, I don't trust any of your food opinions. I really don't because, like, you're uh, it just masks the taste. Yes. But also, like, like I said today at practice, like, if you want it to be hot, just put it in the in the recipe. Like, why, <laughs> yeah, why are we yeah. waiting till the end and just throwing it on top? Like, if you Hard really want your food spicy, make it spicy. Yes. So I, I the more I think about it, it's a good take. I do agree. Hot sauce is just for show. Yeah, it is. It's everything should be at like a medium. Medium to almost hot spice level. And there's really, other, well, you know, I'm a big bibimbap guy, so you have to have a ton of sriracha in there. And I like that with the combination of everything. But there's very few foods that you need, like, you know, hot sauce to kind of bring so out the things. I actually believe out. that all food is better cold than oh hot. My God. But that's a debate for another day. <laughs> I'm going to leave that there because I'm going to get upset. Uh, yeah. What other edge rushers could you see the Eagles adding, you know, uh, outside of the team via trade? 
Uh, and he already says he already got my hot take from yesterday. And whatever lures, lures James back, because like the actor takes that you've had, which is clearly wrong, hot sauce, which he like <laughs> has to have all the time. We're trying our hardest. So get, actually, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We got to step up our game. We tried the nice part of it, and now we got to go full throttle. Send every hot take you have. If you are listening to this podcast right now, just at James Seltzer. Don't even tell him what it's about. Just say, hey, James, boom, and just give him a hot take, and we'll try well, to see if that lures him back James in. Dropped a, James dropped a take of his own. Oh, the Jimmy Butler one, right? The Jimmy Butler one. Yeah, the scorcher out of nowhere on yeah. Monday. So. This is, I'm, I'm telling you. Maybe he's trying need... to be on Art of the Take. No. I, I guess. I hope, <laughs> Art of the Take, anything but go Sel- Seltzer's trying to be turned into a takesman. I don't think that's yeah. that's possible. He's just going to say what's on his mind. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's a couple actual people that have mentioned this. And, honestly, I've tried to think of any type of defensive end that would be like, oh, that makes a ton of sense uh, yeah, for cost and fit. And it's so fucking hard to, you know, like, what would what – would, the other team being willing to give up, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't I don't even really know. I think that's a good broad question to get into on Friday. That way it give us some time to kind of look over some names and maybe something makes sense out of them. Is there anything that pops into your mind, Elliot, outside of clowning because that's what we keep coming back to? No, honestly, there's not. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's something I should look into and see, but uh, I, can't, I can't think of who it would be. At this point, a free agent's tough. I mean, any of them that are still out there, it's, you know, I would – I guess the Eagles don't like them very much. And in trading camp, maybe when injuries happen, teams are willing to steal different people they weren't before, but I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Uh, two quick ones for you here. Um, uh, Josh Coffer, uh, over the cap projects the Eagles to get a third-round comp pick for the full, uh, for Foles and for a fourth for Tate. Uh, yeah, the Hicks and uh, Sandeo cancel out. Odd decision by Howie, says, with the emphasis on the comp pick formula this offseason. Did he expect more free agents to walk and got stuck. I don't think so. And there's not necessarily a lock that Zendejo makes this roster, which then, uh, of course, I think opens back up the fourth-round pick. Elliot, tell mm-hmm. me if that's wrong. Yeah, I mean, if Zendejo gets cut, I'm pretty sure the Eagles get that fourth-round pick. Yeah. and, and, Z- uh, and if, I'm not Jimmy Kemsky when it comes to it, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that's uh, how it works. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that that's, that's how it goes. And I, the, I think that's every intention of – hey, we're going to try and draft the safety that we like, and if it doesn't happen, at least we have him. So uh, I think there's that's that's going into there as well. Oh, crap, I forgot to completely say, Matt Collins was actually on the field today doing, you know, his own his own thing, not anything with Off team drills. Yeah. yeah, and it looked like McLeod was going to practice at first, but he was just warming up with the team and then did uh, individual stuff. So, but no teams, yeah. Good, good sign nonetheless. All right, I, I've... I've gone 12 rounds with shit Stokes says about this, but I'm going to leave this to you. Here's his take. Jim Schwartz is the defensive version of Chip Kelly. Don't make It doesn't make in-game adjustments, adjustments in his scheme is uh, disadvantageous to clock management. If an opponent has four downs against Schwartz, his defense becomes a turnstile, letting them get all the way to the red zone. Hmm. Uh, I think it's a good take. I well here's here's what I'll say though he's a better version of Chip Kelly but I do think there are some similarities in the way that Schwartz can be a bit of a one trick pony Schwartz kind of just relies on how good that defensive line is now he allows them to be that way um, so I I think that there's a negative connotation with Chip Kelly which is why people will probably hate this but when you look at what Chip was he was a great offensive mind 
that wasn't great with adjustments. And I think, you know, there's some truth to what that, that is with Schwartz on the defensive side. The game has changed. The game has changed. The game has changed. That's all I'm going to keep saying. <laughs> you know, so I like, guess that you disagree with the of take. Of course. Up. Of course I do. Well, why? Why do you disagree? Because, again, points on the bar- board are the only thing that matters. If you keep them off of there, perfect. Fine. Yeah, yes. Wait, I, There's wait, holes wait. in every scheme. There is holes in every scheme. I, I like the scheme of don't get beat deep. If they have to use up time, let them use up time. This offense is powerful enough to go and score quickly, often, and a lot. Doug Peterson has been, I mean, just look at any of the offensive uh, uh, drives from 2017 to 2018. This is how it's supposed to work. The offense is supposed to get up a ton. The, the defense is supposed to you know grind it out until they do or whatever. Then they're supposed to go kill the quarterback when they absolutely have to throw. That's how it's supposed to work. It's a complementary to what, what the offense is doing. If you want the Chicago Bears, go for it. Good luck. I, I wish you well on having a defensive team in the year of 2019, our Lord. It's not the same anymore. Like, there is no, no dominant defense anymore. It just doesn't work like that. Maybe I misunderstood the take, but I agree with everything you just said. The only thing I, I – the only comparison I'm saying is I don't think Schwartz is great at in-game adjustment. But in terms of everything you just said, like, yeah, you're not going with the defensive first team. At the end of the day, the defense outplayed the offense last year because they didn't give up a lot of points. Right. And I don't really care about yards either. It's why I think Jalen Mills was their best corner prior to getting hurt. So I agree with you. I just think the comparison to Chip Kelly, there is some similarity and even, honestly, their personality a little bit. Uh, but Yeah, no, I think, well, I, think that, I think that part of it is, is 100% true. That yeah. that I agree with a lot, you know, and and in game adjustments, I don't think Schwartz is good at though. You very, very rarely. I mean, you know, we've seen time and time again when a corner's struggling, he doesn't often do much about it. But what are you supposed to do if a corner's struggling? What do you do? Replace him? But I'm just saying, no, <laughs> no one has that. What's the what's the adjustment? You know, like the the only know, you shift you shift coverage a certain way. You take him out. I, I don't know. I'm just saying that. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, saying, but it. that's it. The the only things that we say when the defense is struggling ever is play more press or play more off. Don't get beat by the sluggo. Why are you biting right, on the slam? I agree. That's a lame criticism. It, it's, it's, I agree with it, that. It's just so make 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 an adjustment. Then I don't know. Play more zone as opposed to man. Like there's 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 not a lot of a lot of stuff. It really just comes down to the to the personnel that you have. And unless you're like an absolute mind blowing genius, which Jim Schwartz is not, but he's really really good at what he does. I I don't know what else to tell you. If you want a different defensive coordinator, fine. I don't think they're gonna get really anything different out of your secondary or your defensive line. And that's just my take. Uh, well, I'm going to have to go back and read this back and forth between you two. But I am definitely pro Jim Schwartz. Oh, no, no, clarify. no. no. Me and Shitsa, yeah. we, we love each other. It's always a go birds okay. moment. But we just so disagree on this. Like, there's been months and months and months of going back and forth on that. That's why I just wanted a fresh perspective kind of for once on it. But uh, uh, any, any final takes before we head out here, uh, ESP? I feel like there should be a speed limit in NASCAR races and keep them under 100 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) For safety purposes. Who cares? If they're all going the same speed, it's not like one person has an advantage at that point. You might as well just cancel the entire... Uh, sports at that point, you know, it's just. You think if you watched it on TV and they were going 120 instead of 200, you would even notice the difference? 
Yeah, uh, you noticed it at the event, which people pay a lot of okay, money well, to. The event was go karts. I mean, you talking about the event we work? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, okay, right. No, I'm saying at an actual NASCAR race, like it's not, you know, like if they're going 100 miles an hour, it takes even longer to get around. James was even describing that, like, yeah, you know, you go around this this huge track and then they're there for two seconds, they zip by, unless you just want them to wave to the crowd and be like, hey, there's some cars, I like that guy, he likes the brands that I support or whatever, I, I don't know. I, uh, well, if you, if you really wanted the drivers to be safe, you would agree with me. <laughs> if the drivers wanted to be safe, they would agree with you, but even they disagree right. with you. They need, they've need got the need, and the need is speed. So, there you go. Uh, I don't think I have any final takes. I'm pretty content right now. You know, I know that's not well, the it's game. It's a beautiful Monday. you got to watch practice with me. I'm 59. Yeah. I mean, it's – I've also uh, – here's my take, uh, and it's not even a take. It's just a statement. I've never seen L.A. Shore Parks wear a hat. Never. Well, I don't once. wear hats, yeah. Which is funny because when I was younger, I used to always wear those, like, flat-brim NBA fitted hats all the time. And I used to, like, <laughs> hate taking them off. But then I discovered how to comb my hair and make it look good. So now I have no reason to ever put a hat on. <laughs> so are you saying people that wear hats are just people that – that's a take right there. People that wear hats are just bad at doing their hair and uh, and are embarrassed by how it looks, and that's why they wear a hat. So that, say that's true for Zach Rosenblatt. Not you. You you look like a natural hat guy. I'm I think a natural you can hat do your guy. Your hair, if needed. Yeah, yeah, and I've seen your hair look nice. So you can definitely do your hair. But Zach, my boy Zach Rosenblatt, definitely. You need some help. Got to step it up. Yeah, you got to step it up. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. As always, thank you so much for rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Uh, we uh, they're coming in great. And again, once we get about. Where are we at now? 480 more of them. Uh, we will uh, read them all in the podcast, and hopefully that happens before the season. No, no, no. Not we. I I will read yeah. them. Sorry. My bad. I will read every single uh, one of them. Uh, so uh, see you on Wednesday. Thank you guys so much for L.A. Shore Parks. I'm John Barchard. This has been Go Birds number 80 right here at Radio.com Sports Radio 94 WIP. Go Birds. And uh, he said, you know, Chicago always kind of viewed me as a one-dimensional player. And I think we're going to play that soundbite, you know, actually play it right now if you want. But uh, oh, yeah, we'll it do it. Sound. We'll do it a lot smoother in the editing process. But yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? Was that a good cut from here? No, yeah, not uh, a good tease. It was, it was no. Well, it was like it was an okay tease. Uh, yeah, what I do is like I'm going to break it off right where you say. You know, I, and I talk to him in the locker room. Boom! There's the cut, and then you're coming back Boom. and just describing it. So that's all. Why you're a pro? Yeah. Why you're a pro? <laughs>